60,000 is brought to you in part by RP Funding. RP Funding Inc. is licensed and can offer loans in Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Kentucky, Louisiana, North Carolina, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Virginia, and West Virginia, and is also licensed by the Mississippi Department of Banking and Consumer Finance and by the Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Office is located at 500 Wonderly Place, Suite 300, Maitland, Florida, 32751. Telephone 321-397-4420. RP Funding's nationwide mortgage licensing system ID number is 70168, and Robert Palmer's NMLS ID number is 76197. We're saving thousands with Robert Palmer right here on the Saving Thousands Radio Network. If you've never heard the show before, this is a show about you. This is a show that is about the audience of this radio station, and that's why we chose this radio station, because we knew in this great town there was a station specifically designed to disseminate information that people are looking for, people who are interested in bettering themselves. And in the ways of finance, I think everybody on the planet could better themselves. I mean, let's face it. Most of us are not Warren Buffett, all right? But I'm telling you right now, everybody has room for improvement. And that's where Robert Palmer and Saving Thousands come in. If you're a person that gets the paycheck once, twice, three, four times a month, and you don't really know what to do with it, I know you got to pay your bills, right? But then what do you do? Do you just squander the rest? Do you know where to put the money? Do you know how to improve your credit card scores? There's so many things that have to do with money that we just don't know. And the fact that we don't know it isn't our fault. Because up until now, there's been really no place to go. I don't know of a textbook. I don't know of any other radio shows that really go right to the point of each and every family and each and every person and the challenges we face every day with multi-million dollar companies always scheming up ways to take our money. Well, today that stops. Today, you become totally empowered. All right, we're going to talk about the best way to handle auto loans. We're going to talk about the downfalls of carrying a debit card. We're going to talk today about questions that you are writing in, like how we leave our credit card balances every month. Where should we leave them? But first, Robert, all during my intro, I saw you reading your phone and you got a big grin on your face when you came across the text. What's so funny? Now, Rob, I, I just got a really funny text from my wife. So Uh-oh. Uh-oh. you will appreciate that. I didn't say anything about the weather. Now, listen, you're going to appreciate the irony <laughs> in this. Uh, so whatever, although this is, this is really funny. Okay. Whatever affiliate she is listening on, immediately preceding us starting, was a commercial for Zillow and their Z estimate. No way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so and anyone, anyone who's listened to the show more than maybe mm. once has heard me talk about my opinion of the Zillow's the estimate and, and it's home buys. So I wonder if, if they're if they're purposely trying to buy commercials uh, in my show or what? Well, that's, that's been done before. Yeah, that has been done before. That's <laughs> that's really intriguing. So let's kick that off a little home value hotline chat. That's uh so the rest of you listening have no idea what I'm talking about because chances are the Zillow commercial was not on every single affiliate. Oh, I know it wasn't on every affiliate. We are because we're on what five six stations. Oh yeah, right now. we're on a lot of different. Networks. But let's talk about the home value hotline. So uh, here's my problem with Zillow. Uh, Zillow, by its own admission, is wrong uh, way more than it should be. And so if you if you go on to Zillow's website, and for maybe people who don't know, uh, Zillow is a company uh, who got really famous for giving people inaccurate home values. And uh, they went public, and they raised a bunch of money, and they bought their biggest competitor, Trulia, uh, who also has inaccurate home values. And, and so uh, if you, like, if you, I'm a big Google guy. If you go into Google and say, you know, how accurate, how accurate is Zillow? And if you put in how accurate, that's the first thing that pops up. It's how accurate is Zillow, how accurate is American Sniper, how accurate is Carbon Dating, how accurate is Imitation Game. So we're going to go with how accurate is Zillow. So the most sought-after Google question on that yeah, when you start is typing how accurate. How accurate, yeah, Zillow is number one. A million people are going after Zillow. Yeah, they should be because they're, they're, they're freaking wrong more than they're right. So, yeah, so you can go click on their site, and it'll tell you for your particular city how often they are wrong. Uh, and it's, it's pretty staggering uh, how, how much they are wrong. Uh, so yeah, they got wow. it buried here in their frequently asked questions and, uh, you can get in there and check it out. But yeah. So the, the, the whole point is they are wrong more than they are right in most cases. Uh, so they give it this accuracy score, two stars, three stars. Um, say, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I really see a lot of people using it and not getting, uh, accurate information. So we created the home value hotline. And so the way this works and, and the, the way I know this works is because, uh, we as, as an industry, right? I'm in the mortgage business. Yes. And in the mortgage business, we will not trust any type of automated valuation. There are ones we can pay a whole bunch of money for. There are companies that will charge us 20 or $30 uh, 
uh, per, per home valuation using these automated valuation models. Mm-hmm. And they're still not accurate enough for us to use, right? So the, the point is we won't loan any money out based on this number because we know it's not that accurate. And But people are out there making big life decisions based on this. And as you know, rule number two here on the Saving Thousands radio network is know your numbers. Know your numbers. And one of those numbers you have to know is your home value. And unfortunately, a lot of people go to get their home value through one of these online uh, online programs, one of these online home valuation sites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's Zillow's, the Trulia. There's like a evaluation.com or homevalues.com. There, there's all these popping up. Uh, most of them actually get their data from the same people, uh, which is a company called CoreLogic, which used to be owned by First American. Um, and again, they, they admit that they're wrong. I mean, they admit that, that they're off by 5%. 38% of the time, and they're off by 10%, 68% of the time. I mean, it's it's right here uh, by their own admission that it's not a really accurate number. And it's not their fault. I mean, it's, and that's not their fault. And I, I got to commend them for at least being honest and and telling people that, you know, they're off by this much most of the time and, and how accurate it is and it's not that accurate. Because it, I guess it gives people a general idea. Sure. But when it, it comes down to making an actual life decision, right? Like if you're thinking about selling your home in the future, uh, if you're thinking about refinancing, you want to know what your home is worth. You've got to know what the home really, really is worth. You know, a five or ten percent margin of error. I mean, think about that. Let's use ten. You know, so your house is worth two hundred, and they tell you it's worth one eighty. I mean, is that going to change some decisions in your life? Yeah. Sure is. Or it's worth two hundred, and they tell you it's worth two twenty. Is that going to change some some decisions in your life? Absolutely, it is. And so, what I believe is the only way to get an accurate idea of what your home is worth is to have a, a real live person, which is what we do in the mortgage industry, right? So we go out and we hire a real estate appraiser. And we pay them $350 to, to do an appraisal. Sure. Uh, now, you don't have to do that. Uh, a good alternative uh, is, is our home value hotline. And so what I've done to the home value hotline is I've put together a group of expert real estate agents. These are the people I would call to tell me what one of my houses is worth. I own some property around Florida. And so when I need to know what one of my homes is worth, uh, I, uh, I will call one of these people, and they will do a free home valuation for me. And, but not everybody has that. Not everybody has a network of, of people who are real estate agents because not everybody owns one of the largest mortgage companies in the Southeast, right? That's it just, right. It just doesn't work that way. So the, the point is I created the Home Value Hotline so you can have access to the same tools that I have. That's part of the Saving Thousands Radio Charter is that I'm here to give you access as my listeners to the same tools I have in life that I use to make my financial decisions. And so to help facilitate rule number two, which is know your numbers, I created the Home Value Hotline. Still to come on Saving Thousands, we'll be talking about auto loans. We're going to be talking about debit cards. We're going to talk about, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, but you may have tuned in late, we're going to be talking about at the end of the month, as we pay our credit cards down, we're going to talk about do we leave them with a zero balance or do we leave a few dollars in there? What's best for our credit score? We're also going to be talking about kids. You know, kids these days have even a worse situation in their lives than we do when it comes to finding out about finance. At least we got to see mom or dad make out a check. We got to see mom or dad pay cash for things. Now, if we're sitting around and maybe there's a football game on TV or whatever, and we see our parents over there and they may be going through their phone and what they're actually doing is paying the bills by pressing yes, pay, or, you know, or they're going through a store and they see something they're going to buy and they just swipe a piece of plastic. If you're a kid, How can you figure out where money comes from and what money does? going to be an interesting discussion with Robert. We'll also catch up before the show ends on the No Closing Cost Refi Program. But again, you know, Robert mentioned the rules, the Saving Thousands rules to uh, success. I want to remind you that you can find those at SavingThousands.com. That's SavingThousands.com. And as the show goes on, I'm going to kind of give you a tour of the Saving Thousands website. But suffice it to say, First came the radio show, and then came the all-important Saving Thousands site that explains to you everything. It kind of takes off where the radio show ends, right? I mean, we have about an hour to spend with you, but there are so many hours of research that go in beyond that into SavingThousands.com. So click onto that while you're listening to the show or whenever you have a few minutes, because every time you click on that site, I guarantee you, you're going to become more empowered with your money. Well, you know, you can ask RP through that very app, through that very website, savingthousands.com. You can now ask RP. So let's go to that. RP, what's up now? So we we got a question on the text line here, Rob. Uh, Again, that's 35353. That's the Saving Thousands text line. Uh, The biweekly payment plan you talked about yesterday for mortgages, can that be used on car loans as well? And I will tell you absolutely. Now, uh, here's the thing. It, It is not as impactful on a car loan 
because the term isn't as long, right? right? So when we're talking about a 30-year mortgage, right, in the early in the early days of a 30-year mortgage, uh, something like 80 or 90% of your money is going toward interest. Wow. And so that extra payment really supercharges them on the back end. So we're, we're making the extra payment a year through biweekly. We'll cut years off the back of a mortgage. It's maybe only going to cut a couple of months off of the back of a car loan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the interest savings. Now, I think it's a great strategy. There's no reason not to do it, right? You know, if you if the way you get paid, it makes sense, make your extra payment up front like we talked about, then split your car loan in half and make the payment each time you get paid. There's no reason not to do it, and it will save you money, but it's not as dramatically impactful because the term of the loan is shorter. So you're sure. with a car loan, you're always paying a good bit toward principal, right? I mean, from the first car payment, you know, probably uh, two thirds of it is going toward principal and only one third toward interest because it's it's in most cases a five or a six year loan. Now, the longer the term of the loan is, the more impactful it will be. But I think there are some cars today you can finance for like seven years, right, Rob? That's crazy. 80, 84 months, I, I think they're going on you. some cars. I was going to ask you that question. You are a financial ninja. You're teaching us. You are a leader in the financial industry. How long should a person that's an average wage earner Maybe they make uh, 50, 60 a year. Their wife makes 30, 40 a year. How long should they have a, a car payment? Nobody wants to hear my answer to that. I know, but I they need to hear it. I mean, I, I think I think the longest you should go is 48 months. I mean, four years. I, I, I knew that was going to be your answer. I, 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 you I know, agree. I would like to see people finance for three years. Now, again, <sighs> there, there's a caveat here. If you can get zero interest for 60 months, well, sure. take it. If you can get zero interest for 79, 220 months, whatever, if you can get zero interest, take it the longest you can get with zero interest. But uh, otherwise, uh, you know, I like to see people finance a car three to four years, you know, and, and because you can get upside down. I mean, you, you know, quick. it's just, I, you know, I, I do think they do 84-month car loans now. Gosh. Uh, and I will tell you on an 84-month car loan, the biweekly payment will be more impactful. <laughs> you know, on, on a 36-month car loan, you've only, you're only going to make three extra payments. Yeah. And so it's not going to have a huge impact there. Uh, but the the longer the debt, the more powerful that strategy is, right? So it's more powerful on a 30-year mortgage than it is on a 15-year mortgage. And it is, it's, forget mortgage, it's not even about what it is, it's the term. So once your term passes, you know, uh, you know, I would say at seven years, it starts to become impactful. At 13, 14, 15-year term, like there's boat loans you can get for 15 to 20 right. years. Uh, the biweekly payment would be very would be more impactful there. Sure. Uh, so that what really supercharges and makes that biweekly payment plan. And again, if you missed yesterday's show, uh, I am talking about biweekly payments. Doing it yourself. Do not do not listen to me. Do not write this down. I, I I'm not gonna. This isn't important enough to be a rule. But but I'm gonna I'm gonna shout this from time to time. Uh, do not pay someone else a fee to facilitate you paying your mortgage or any debt biweekly. All right. It's very simple. Make an extra payment up front so that you get a month ahead and then pay every time you get paid half. That's it. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. Few basic steps. Producer Dave wrote the tutorial yesterday and threw it on the website. Right, Producer Dave? Did we get that up? We did. Thumbs up from Producer Dave. Let's add in there that this works on car loans as well, right? Boat loans, any type of loan. But again, the longer the term of the loan, the more beneficial mm-hmm. it's going to be. It just makes sense to me, too, that you've got two paychecks a month, maybe. Well, how come that one paycheck is the one you take your car payment and your house payment out of just once a month and then you've got a, you've got two more weeks where you don't have any money you can't even go out and have pizza but if you budget over each week and twice a month you're paying you know half of everything then you're ahead you're paying more on principal yeah, it's, it, and you got it, money to live on it really does work and that that's what these companies are selling that sell the bi-weekly services uh but but don't I mean because again any money you pay a company in fees to facilitate this for you that's money you're not saving Right, and so you think about this. You go out there and you negotiate a great interest rate. You you do everything I tell you to do. You shop around. You know your numbers. You go get a great deal on a mortgage. You go get a great deal on a car loan. Whatever mm-hmm. it is, you get the best rate possible. You don't pay any fees, but then you pay some idiot a fee uh, to to help you make your payment biweekly. It just doesn't make any sense. No. And again, it, early in the show, we talked about how a lot of these websites are promoting the credit cards, right? That pay them. Mm-hmm. Well, these biweekly payment companies pay mortgage companies for referring them business. I have them approach me all the time. Oh. oh, Robert, we can help your clients reduce their debt faster with our bi-weekly payment plan. Uh, I'm like, well, what are the fees? Oh, they're very affordable. No, what are the fees? Yeah. Well, Robert, we pay you $100 per referral. I don't need $100 from you. I'm not going to 
put my client into a bogus program just so I can make $100. Now, a lot of mortgage people will. Right, they, sure they, they will, will they will sling home warranties and they will sling biweekly payment plans to pick up that extra little bit of cash. We don't do any of that, right? Uh, credit life insurance. Mm-hmm. And these are all the things. You know, again, there's always somebody trying to pay somebody else to sell you something you don't need. We need to figure out how to craft that into a rule. Amen. There's a guy trying to sell a guy to get him to sell you. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, there's always someone trying to pay someone to t- to sell you something you don't some, need. Some kind of right? rule that says something like. <laughs> Who is really benefiting from yeah, this transaction yeah, that's yeah. costing me money? It is, it's insane. So, yeah, so, like, we don't we don't promote any credit life insurance. See, the, the credit unions used to be terrible with this. They would tack on really? the credit life insurance to a lot of their, their deals because they were getting paid. So, anyway, so, yeah, credit life insurance you don't need. Uh, I mean, I don't think you need. And if you do need it, don't buy it from the credit or go buy it from a life insurance agent and mm-hmm. shop around. Do it the way you're supposed to. You know, rule number one, shop around. Right. Uh, but you don't need to pay someone to make your payments for you on a biweekly payment plan. Uh, so, yeah, so this this is just one of those things that really irks me. So, yeah, it's really simple. And, and so, you know, I have two choices in life. I can uh, get $100 for telling you to hire some idiot to do it for you, or I can have producer Dave post a tutorial, uh, and I do not get the $100, but I get to do what's right for my client. I'm going door number two. I'm going door number two every time, every day of the week. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Saving Thousands with Robert Palmer. It's all about empowering you, so stick around for the rest of the hour. I guarantee you, you're going to learn at least one lesson that is going to save you money over the next 24 or 72 hours. It just happens. People start noticing when they hear Robert talk and they read his articles and soon to read his books that everybody seems to think we're talking about you. Well, essentially we are. Because I think there are just millions of us that suffer from the same problem. And that is, we just don't know the tricks of the trade of money. And we don't know all the financial rules. And again, that's where this show and the website and all the rest comes from. So we hope you'll stick around. We hope that you'll kind of become a fan of the show, whatever. We want you to get involved in the show at the same time. One of the things that has been kind of in passing in the media lately has been a word called TRID. And you may just have heard that, kind of wondered what it was and why are the financial pundits talking about it? And uh, usually it's in association with mortgages and real estate. And so if you're kind of into that realm of your life right now, where you're thinking of getting a mortgage, you're thinking of buying a home, you've heard that word TRID and you just, it just don't know enough about it. Well, TRID is the first set of regulations and rules set down by the federal government, I mean, major changes in mortgaging since 1976. That was a while ago. Some of you weren't even born in 1976. So that's how long it's been. But more importantly, that's how long it's been that the banks and the financial institutions have just done the same old thing over and over and over again. So TRID has some of these banks, some of these really big financial organizations scared to death. They don't know how they're going to make the transition. Well, rest assured that RP funding was ready for the change in early October. They proved that by quickly, quickly closing a series of loans right after TRID went into effect. One of those loans was done in only 48 hours. Another done in just 10 days. Another done in just one week. So it can be done. TRID is not a big problem. Companies needed to be ready for a change in the rules. We all go through that in our own lives. Banks need to learn the same thing. Okay, Robert, I know lately we've been talking so much about installment credit, about credit cards and all that sort of thing. So I got a feeling we're not quite done with the topic. Uh, so, Rob, we, real quick, since we're talking about credit cards, I want to touch on the debit card issue. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, so the the big thing here, uh, and, you know, and, and, and Jill, uh, when we were in New York, uh, Jill momentarily thought she had misplaced her wallet. And I'm like, well, well, at least you don't have a debit card on you this time around, right? Yeah, you remember the first yeah. story. <laughs> so uh, what, what can happen, this is why I'm against debit cards. So when it comes to fraud protections, uh, legally, right? So now some banks will have additional protections, but, but as far as the global market, what the law says, uh, you do not receive the same kind of fraud protections on a debit card mm-hmm. that you receive on a credit card, right? So on a credit card, you call them and you're, you're only liable, I think, for like the first $50. Right. Uh, even if it takes you a while to report and discover. Uh, on a debit card, on a debit card, you are, are responsible. Uh, if you report it in the first 48 hours, it's $50. After 48 hours, it goes to $500. Uh, and then after 30 days, you're, you're liable. You don't get any of the money back. 
right? So that that part, yeah, you may catch it fast enough that may or may not hurt you. The real problem is the fact that the thief is now dipping directly into your checking account, right? So uh, this is the this is the story I like to tell. This is the scenario that really paints this picture. Uh, so on one of Jill and mine's first date, uh, her purse was stolen. We were at a, a a club in downtown Orlando, and someone stole her purse. And they went immediately to a number of gas stations uh, and completely wiped out her bank account. And at the time, uh, she had a debit card, and they they were using her debit card. Uh, and so because of this, uh, her rent check ended up bouncing, uh, which created a, a you know a nightmare with the landlord, you know, <laughs> oh. and overdraft fees upon overdraft fees and return check fees and all of this disaster happening uh, because with a debit card, see, with a credit card, so let's just kind of roll the same scenario back. So in scenario A, they take her debit card and they and they go, she's got $2,000 in the bank and they wipe it all out. And I don't know how much she had. I'm just throwing out numbers. Uh, we weren't married or, or entwining our finances at that point. So <laughs> we'll hypothetically say she had $2,000. Whatever she had, they used it all. Sure. So they go, they she has $2,000 in her checking account and they go roll up $2,000 worth of charges on her debit card. She now has $0 in her checking account. And uh, and and her rent bounces and all these terrible things happen. And I would say 10, 12, 14 days later, uh, all the money got put back because it was fraud and she did report it quickly. But still, for 10, 12, 14 days, she sat there with an overdrawn checking account, racking up overdraft oh. charges. And I'll have to ask her if her bank worked with her on that. Hey, baby, if you're listening, send me a text, 35353. Or my personal cell, and let me know if if the bank refunded you those overdraft fees or not. I don't I don't know that part of the story. Boy. So anyway, so all these overdraft fees, the accounts negative, uh, all this is happening, right? Let's go to scenario B. She had not, she was not carrying a debit card. All she had was credit cards. Right. So now she has two thousand dollars in her checking account. The the thief takes her credit card and racks up two thousand dollars worth of charges. Well, how much money is in her checking account, Rob? Two thousand. Still two thousand. She didn't lose any money. She didn't lose any money, right? So now her rent check doesn't bounce. Uh, no overdraft fees, nothing happens. The The worst thing happening to her right now is she has $2,000 sitting on a credit card, right, which isn't even racking up interest yet because it's it's the billing cycle hasn't closed. We get the grace period. Nothing is happening. Her credit card limit is down by $2,000, but that's okay. She's got her two grand in the bank that she needs to live off of, right? And so then you, you report it with the credit card companies. And from my experience, most credit card companies will take the transactions out almost immediately. That's All right. And, and even right. if they do take some time to research it, it's not affecting your life because your $2,000 is still sitting in your checking account. Right. And, and so I am so passionate about this. I made my bank give me an ATM card. Right. They're like, no, sir, we, we, here's your check card. No, 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 no. I want an ATM card. You know, the kind with the pin number. Oh, well, yes, sir. This, this check card right here can be used as an ATM card. No, you are not listening to me. <laughs> I am not accepting a card from you that has a Visa or a MasterCard logo on it and is tied to my checking account. Well, sir, I don't know if we even have those anymore. Well, you need to call someone or I'm going to close my account and go find a bank that does. Mm -hmm. And so I have a good old fashioned ATM card. It does not have a Visa logo on it. It does not have a MasterCard logo on it. You cannot use it just with a signature. The only way to use this card is at an ATM machine with a PIN number, right? Nice. So this, this is my protection because most thieves have no way to crack my PIN number, right? Uh, you know, and, right. and, and if they do, most ATMs have a limit. You can't take more than, I think you can't take more than four or $500 a day, mm -hmm. where sure. when that debit card is in, you know, when that card is in debit card mode, they can clean you out. Uh, so I do not carry a check card. I do not think uh, any of my financial ninjas should carry check cards. I think you should all go to your bank today and tell them you want an ATM card mm -hmm. that doesn't have a Visa logo on it and doesn't have a MasterCard logo on it. And the teller will look at you like you have seven eyes. And kind of like jaw drop, like, what do you, what? You, why don't, no, it's so convenient, sir. You want the Visa check card. No, I do not. Right. I am not giving anyone who gets their hands on my wallet, you know, access to my checking account. So, you know, think about it. When when we went to Rome, imagine if, if we're over there, we're over in Rome and somebody gets their hands on, on your check card and cleans out your bank account. I mean, it's just scary. So uh, the other thing is I, I never, I'm kind of paranoid about this, Rob, you yeah. know, obviously. Uh, I, I never carry all my credit cards either. There's always a couple at home Very smart. in the safe, right? Very smart. So if something goes wrong and my wallet gets stolen, I am not without, right? I, I can 
I can go home and I can grab my backup cards out of the safe. I can kill those couple cards uh, that got stolen and I can I can roll around and continue life as usual uh, because I put I charge everything and then I just pay it off. Right? I mean, I because from a record keeping standpoint, uh, you know, it's it's so easy. I, just, I I put everything on a credit card depending on what what week of the month it is. I, I use my credit card of the week based on the statement closing date so I can get maximum float. And I put everything on my credit cards, and then I pay them off. And that then I rack up a lot of points. And you will be amazed uh, who – I would say pretty much everyone out there except for your mortgage company will take a credit card. You can pay just about anything on a credit card these mm-hmm. days, which is great. You know, and, and then, too, it's good record keeping. You know, I go back at the end of the month, and I'm like, where did the money go? Let me – pull up the whole card and figure it out you know like taxes end of the year yeah everything's it's right there. all right there it's all right there so that's yes yeah, so that that's my big anti-debit card you know the 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 first one is just the legal protections they're not there they're not there in the same way as a credit card and really what's the benefit to us as a consumer i mean oh well so the final thing uh, in our example so i'm talking about credit cards and float right so when, when you use a debit card the money comes out of your checking account right then right, then, right? And, and and so when, when I show people where they can put their money to earn a little yield, which we're going to do in, in later shows, if your money's there, it's earning you a little bit of interest. And, and if you can, if you use credit cards, you get 60 days in some cases to pay that money back without paying a dime of interest during the, the statement period and then the grace period. Well, if you're using a debit card, you don't get that float. The minute you charge it, it comes out of your bank account. Mm-hmm. Your ability to earn money on your money goes away. You know, and, and again, because interest rates have been so low for so long, uh, a lot of people are kind of like, well, I can't earn money on my money anyway. Well, you, there are ways, but more importantly, rates will not always be this low. And what I will tell you, Rob, is that when when interest rates, when Fed rates were in the fives and sixes, right, I still had a credit card that was at 9.99. And now that the Fed rate is is basically nothing, uh, credit card rates didn't really come down. Right? Oh. And, and so, you know, uh, uh, while long-term interest rates came down, short-term interest rates for most consumers, did not come down the way as much as the loss of income on savings and checking and other things did. So what I will tell you is we will quickly be back in an environment where interest rates are higher, where you can earn money on CDs and savings and everything, and these strategies, because the amount of interest you pay on a credit card during the grace period it will always be zero. So even if you can earn 1%, mm-hmm. 2 3% on your money, which those days are coming back, I promise you, they are coming back. I you know, I uh, I am very involved in an industry that is very tied to interest rates, <laughs> and, and trust me, I make a lot more money when rates are low. But I am not uh, I am not ignorant to the fact that rates are going mm-hmm. to go up, uh, and so as we see rates increase, um, you know, as we see rates increase, we're going to have more opportunities as financial ninjas to take advantage of the system. I'm also going to uh, put together, a, you know, a tutorial for people on the website uh, in the coming weeks. That'll be our second research project. So after the credit card research project is done, uh, then we will work on a research project for where I think you can invest your money safely nice. to earn some basic yield. Because that, that's the two sides of this equation, right? In order to maximize and make money off of our money and be a financial ninja, we have to minimize the amount of interest we pay. But then we have to have a way to earn a little interest as well. That's right. And short of loan sharking, you know, down on the corner <laughs> to your buddies, uh, we're going to show you some safer ways to to invest your money. More financial empowerment coming your way from Robert Palmer. But right now, I want to take you back to savingthousands.com. I imagine many of you are looking at each other right now going, is that all that guy thinks about? Well, savingthousands.com is a great thing to expand on because it takes the knowledge you're getting on the radio and it expands it. It gives you more tools. It gives you more understanding of what money's all about. And wow, our research team is outdoing themselves lately with super great articles that are easy to read. They're short, they're concise, but they cover the topic, all right? The best way is to find great deals and save money today. There's a great trending article. Another, financial clutter. What documents you need to keep and for how long? That is so important. How many of you have boxes upon boxes, upon drawers, upon file boxes of old receipts, old tax returns, and you're really not sure whether it's time to take them to the shredder. That article deals exactly with that. Okay, how to deal with debt collectors, what you should and shouldn't say, and what you should and shouldn't do. And finally, I mentioned TRID a while ago. Well, there's a little bit of an expanded article on TRID 
and the article's base is closing on the new TRID loan in 10 days or less. It can be done. So there you go. You might want to read that. So many great articles. And again, where do you find them? <laughs> Savingthousands.com. Savingthousands.com. And I tell you what, why don't you bring your kids along and have them share in financial knowledge? It can be such a great tool. You know, Robert, I bring that up because there seems to be a major disconnect, especially with kids now. And I know each generation might be want to say that, but at least when you and I were growing up, our parents carried around cash. They carried around uh, a checkbook, okay? So we had some semblance of knowledge that when mom reached into her purse and pulled out $50, that that was how groceries appeared in the grocery cart and later on the table. But now kids kind of, they see a piece of plastic being swiped through a machine. They see vacation suddenly appear. You know, and there's not a lot of discussion of money in today's households. This is the problem. Uh, this was a big one from this, this study. Uh, kids think that luxuries just happen, right? And, you know, and this is, this is huge. I think, you know, kids really have to understand, you know, what, what the luxury of a new car is, right? Or what the luxury of a really nice house is or, or vacations, right? You know, if you take your kids on a vacation, that they understand that, that there was money involved and sacrifice involved, right? These are things we don't like to talk about. You know, a kid, kid well, I'm not going to tell my kid that we're taking them on a $5,000 vacation to the Keys. You know, they don't need to know about that. Well, why not? I mean, they need to understand that, that if you want to be able to do things like this, You've either got to make enough money or make sacrifices in other places that you can't just have everything you want. You can't just magically have a new iPhone every 12 months. You can't just magically take vacations. You can't just magically have nice cars. That these luxuries in life, the ability, you know, eating out is a luxury. You know, all these luxuries in life come with a price tag. And when we don't talk about money with our kids and we don't talk about the, the sacrifices you have to make early in life, you know, in order to be able to have these things later on, you know, hey, son, you know, if you, daughter, if you, if you, if you go five or six years without and you save your money and you work hard and, and you get some equity in a home and you get a car that's paid for, then you can afford to have these vacations. But if you're out there trying to take vacations from day one and putting them on credit cards, you know, you're, you're driving yourself in the hole. You know, you're, you're going in the wrong direction. And, uh, you know, this is, this is the big thing. You know, how, how do you how do you look at making big purchases, right? Do, do we share our mentality, right? So if the family's mentality is okay, you know, we want to buy a new car, so we're going to eat out less, uh, so that we can save up money to buy a new car, right, Rob? I mean, that this is a a pretty normal thing that a family would do. Well, we don't tell the kid that's the plan, right? All they all of a sudden all they see is we're eating out less. That's right. They don't know why, you know. Well, you know, we we ate out less. I don't know why. And then this new car showed up. And, and in the kid's mind, the two probably have nothing to do with each other. But there was a huge correlation there. And it, that's a great example of how to show your child from a young age the, the way that, that sacrifice works in personal finance. You know, sit down as a family and say, hey, family, we want, you know, who, who loves our current station wagon? Boo, right? Nobody. It's old. It's beat up, right? So we want to get a new car. And so for this family to afford a new car, we're all going to have to make some sacrifices. So we're going to eat out a little less. And Johnny, instead of Lunchables, I'm going to make you a peanut butter and jelly sandwich two days a week, you know, and, and talk the family through what you're doing. You know, I mean, again, you're not revealing any, any deep, dark secrets about your personal finance here, how much money you make. I mean, I want you to, but I, I'm not, I definitely don't think, Rob, every parent's going to run out tomorrow and show their kid what their paycheck looks like the way my mother did. I'm right. not trying to get everybody to, to jump into the river head first. But I want you to take some baby steps. And I think, you know, when, when there's a decision like that, all right, kids, you know, we're, we're planning this vacation coming up in a couple months. So for the next couple months, we've got to tighten our belt. Here's the things we've got to do. And, and show them that reward, luxury, new cars, cell phones, and, see, and, and not just on their part. Right? That's the other thing. You know, parents will, well, you know, you get an allowance. If you want a new iPhone, save up your money. And what it, what it kind of, but, but the parents never express that they're having to do the same thing. And so I think what a lot of kids end up believing is, well, as a kid, I have to make sacrifices to get what I want. But mom and dad never have to make sacrifices. So once I'm an adult, I can have and do whatever I want, right? Because we're not telling them that, you know, son, just like you had to save your allowance to buy that new iPhone, I have to save my paycheck to get that new car. Mm -hmm. And so I have, to make this, I have to make choices. You know, on the way to work now every morning, I don't go to Starbucks anymore. I'm, you know, your mom's making me a, a pot of coffee before I leave the house for 20 cents instead of me going and dropping five bucks at Starbucks. And while I love my Starbucks, uh, I want a new car in, in six months. 
And so this is the sacrifice I'm making. And no one's, no one's hardly having these types of conversations with kids. And so that, that's kind of the, the level one of this, I would say, yeah. is, is start you know, opening up about the, the sacrifices you have to make financially. The, the, we have to give up a little over here to get over here. You know? Uh, you know, or maybe, hey, you know, daddy got a raise at work, and that's why we can afford to take a vacation. You know, I think kids really need to understand the, the, if, if again, you don't want to get in the nitty gritty, at least give them the basics of the, the kind of how and why. You know, okay, if we save over here, then we can do this over here. If we make more over here, now we can do this over here. And this is something that parents aren't doing. Um, you know, the other thing is if you can't afford something, right? So I, I think another kind of habit for, uh, for parents is if, you know, like, say a kid wants a, a really expensive toy. Um, you know, the, the, you may say, well, we can't afford it as an excuse, right? And I think a lot of kids kind of hit a point in their life where they feel like we can't afford it as just mom and dad's excuse because they don't want to buy it for them. That's right. Right. <laughs> you know, and because again, that's kind of the, it becomes almost like a blanket answer, right? Oh, I want the new, you know, I want the new PlayStation. We can't afford it. And, and you know, I want the new, I'm a new bike. We can't afford it. You know, if for parents that are even going down this road. And so what happens now is you kind of water it down. And, and I think a lot of kids, they just don't believe you. Well, how come, you know, why can't I afford a new bike when you just bought a new car, you know, or, you know, whatever it is, because again, kids are smart and really what does we can't afford it mean? And so I, th I think a better plan would be, you know, well, hey, son, you know, if we, if we do this, right, like go back to my, my school lunch example, right? You know, so if you, if you, uh, if you go to, to homemade sandwiches instead of Lunchables or, you know, if you go to school lunch instead of a packed lunch, you know, you'll save money. And then you can have a new bike or you can have a new PlayStation. There has to be a sacrifice there. You know, we can afford it, but you have to make some sacrifices. We have to make some sacrifices. Uh, you know, uh, if, you, if you don't buy any new games on your iPhone through the App Store, you know, if you don't, if you don't play this, you know, I think, I think instead of just a blanket, we can't afford it, uh, you know, because we don't, we don't accept that as humans, right? You can't, nobody's going to look at me and say, well, you know, Robert, you can't afford a new car ever, right? Well, if I can't afford a new car today, I want to figure out a plan so that I can't afford a new car. It's just how we think. It's how we work. Right. You know, well, I'll save my money until I can. I'll work hard. I'll work overtime at work and get the extra money. I'll work hard at work and try to get a bonus so I can buy the new car. Uh, you know, we're, we don't give our kids that opportunity to understand that, that they can make sacrifices when we just say, oh, we can't afford it. Uh, you know, so I think that's where, you know, talking about, well, you know, you want new school clothes every year, right? Well, if you wear last year's clothes again next year, you know, or the year after, if you know you stretch things, you don't get that new pair of shoes you wanted. Or hey, because you bought that new pair of shoes that you had to have, now you can't have the PlayStation. Uh, you know, kind of setting up and and again, give the kids credit. We are much smarter at a younger age than we give ourselves credit for, than we give our young people credit for. Uh, but just the blanket statement, we can't afford it, uh, without any type of ex explanation of the financial responsibilities you know, about what's going on in life. And maybe, the, or maybe there's a reality, you know, hey, son, we can't afford it right now because we just had to put brakes on the car. You know, something unexpected happened. We just had to spend that money. You know, we've, we've now got to save some money and get out. You, you've got to give the backstory. The kids need to understand that we can't afford it is not just an excuse for mom and dad to not give you what you want, that there are realities that work out there. There are real-world circumstances happening every single day around us you know things happen the air con hey, son, the air conditioning is broke remember how it was really hot and you were sweaty the other night because the air conditioning was broken we had to fix that and that cost money and so the money i would have used to buy you up the playstation that you want we had to use to fix the air conditioning did you understand does that make sense to you you don't want to be sweaty every night in bed do you no you know and, but we don't we don't go to that level we don't want to explain that to our kids and again i think that's a huge disservice um so again giving those full explanations i think is big well, about this time of year, many folks are getting prepared for the holidays and they're saying to themselves, right after the holidays, that's when we're going to start the new year in a new home. All right. Well, you need to kind of start now. Let's get started before the real crunch of the holidays appears, like starting at least to put the things in order to apply for your mortgage. In order to do that, you're probably going to want to call RP Funding or go to rpfunding.com and ask about all the materials you need, not all that much, not all that much work, if you want to apply for a mortgage. At least you can start the knowledge process now, 855-773-8634, or as I said, rpfunding.com, 
800-800-8634. You also might start your search right now for a proper realtor, a real estate agent that's going to represent you in the transaction. Because, you know, for generations, people have been doing it wrong. They'll go out, they'll find a home. They don't know how much home they can afford. They haven't gotten a validated pre-approval. And they'll just go out, fall in love with a home, talk to the owners, maybe call that guy or gal whose name is on the real estate sign. Well, they've gone about everything all wrong. First of all, you do need to get a mortgage company validated pre-approval, not just a letter of credit, not just a letter that says this guy may or may not qualify. It has to be a bona fide qualification that you've got the money, that it's all been set aside for you. So that's what RP Funding calls their validated pre-approval. To find the guy that's going to represent you or the gal that's going to represent you, see the guy or gal on the sign, that real estate agent is working for the seller. You need one to work for you and there's no cost for the buyer. That's such a great deal. But the buyer's agent will go in and fight for you, get you the most house for your money and make sure that your offer is at the top of the stack. So if you need help with any of that, just call RP Funding. Got a great list of preferred real estate agents in your backyard. 855-773-8634. 855-773-8634. Well, Robert, where are we on that no closing cost refi promotion? Uh, but we are still doing the no closing cost special. I've had a lot of people ask me about this. We are getting close to exhausting the entire $2.5 million. All right. So for those of you maybe that are new listening, that, that don't know what I'm talking about right now, uh, so in addition to coming on the radio here and helping people save money with credit cards, student loans, all those great things, uh, the way I pay my bills personally is I own a little company called RP Funding, uh, which is one of the largest uh, mortgage lenders in the state of Florida. And we do a lot of advertising, right? And so for listeners in Orlando and Tampa, they've seen me on TV a lot, billboards, yeah. radio, everything we do. Uh, listeners in uh, Jacksonville and West Palm Beach and other, other uh, parts of the state that we broadcast in, uh, during the week here, or anyone listening on the iHeartRadio app on the Saving Thousands dedicated channel on iHeartRadio, uh, maybe have not. So uh, we built, I built this big brand uh, by not charging lender fees, so we save people money, uh, by giving them great deals on their interest rates and by closing quick and on time, all right? Mm -hmm. And then we also have the strongest pre-approval in the industry. So all those things are great. Uh, but so here, here's what I did, and here's this crazy idea I had. So I took $2.5 million dollars, out of my advertising budget, right? right. And so I, I sat down with my chief operating officer. I, I didn't sit down with her. I went live on the radio and announced this. Uh, and then I sat down with her after she almost had a heart attack listening to me on the air uh, as I announced that I was going to take $2.5 million out of our advertising budget, right? So I, I called uh, I called up the NBC affiliate and said, hey, guys, no Sunday night football this year. Uh, I'm going to do something else with that money, right? And I said, hey, no, uh, no Super Bowl commercial in January or February of next year because uh, I'm going to do something else with that money. And, uh, you know, we're going to have to cut back the number of times we're running in the Today Show and Good Morning America, and, and I'm going to have to uh, cut back on that radio schedule. And I went down to the United States Postal Service and told them I wasn't going to be doing near as much direct mail this year, and I cut back my Google AdWords. And I, so I, I, I found $2.5 million worth of advertising, and I, I cut it off, right? And then I took that $2.5 million dollars, and I moved it to a different account in our financials so I can use it to pay all of your closing costs when you refinance mm -hmm. with RP funding. So we never charge lender fees. That's the underwriting processing. You know, that that's that's part of who we are, right? We just don't charge the lender fees. But there's still other closing costs, right? Closing costs like uh, you've got the, the doc stamps, the intangible tax. You've got, uh, you know, the title fees, the closing fees. There's other closing costs, which can be three, four, five thousand dollars depending on what size your loan is. And so I took this $2.5 million out of the advertising budget, and I had a few advertising reps cursing my name along the way. Uh, Ingrid, my chief operating officer, is a little nervous and says, well, Robert, if you if you spend $2.5 million less on advertising, are we going to get less business, and are we going to go out of business? And I said, no, Ingrid, I think I got this covered. <laughs> so Ingrid was a little, little upset. You know, she's a little nervous about this. This is one of my harebrained schemes that I came up with. I had a dream, and then I showed up here on a Saturday morning at 8 a.m. and announced that I was canceling $2.5 uh -huh. million dollars of the advertising and giving the money to my clients when they refinance with RP funding uh, by paying all of their closing costs. So for you as a consumer, it's a huge opportunity for savings uh, because you can refinance right now with no closing costs because I'm paying them all out of my advertising budget. Uh, so what's in it for me? Well, what I believe, uh, and, and I hope I'm right, uh, is that by, by doing these loans— 
and paying these closing costs and basically bribing people to move their mortgage from whoever it's with now over to us here at RP Funding, that I can create an army of word-of-mouth advertising, which will be more valuable to my brand and my business than if I had given the $2.5 million to the advertising, to the TV stations and the radio stations and the billboard companies and whatever else. Because what I believe is if I look at at how much I have to pay for a commercial to have uh, the TV set tell a bunch of strangers what we do versus by paying all of your closing costs on a refinance and then you go tell your friends and family what we do, I think that's more powerful. And this is the experiment I am running. And so the only people that don't lose in this, like I may lose, I may be wrong. I may lose business. We may close less loans because I did this. I don't think so, but it may happen. Uh, But who can't lose is the consumer because if you call in here and take advantage of a refinance and I pay all of your closing costs with the money I was going to give to the TV station uh, or the radio station or the billboard company or the post office or whoever else for advertising, you can't lose. Now, the guaranteed loser is the media companies because they, they're going to get $2.5 million less out of me this year. It's that simple. Uh, but as a consumer, you can't lose. And so what, I, what I'm hoping you will do, what I'm counting on you to do, is to tell all your friends and family what an amazing job we did, uh, how great it was to not have, in- not have a closing costs, you know, how, how everything worked out and you're saving money and it didn't cost you a dime. Because when you go to refinance your mortgage, the only reason you don't do it is because of the closing costs, right? Because yeah. if you can only save 50 bucks a month or 100 bucks a month, but it's going to cost you $5,000 in costs, I would be the first to tell you, don't do it. Don't mm-hmm. do it. But if you can save 50 or 100 bucks a month and there are zero closing costs because this crazy guy on the radio is paying them all out of his advertising budget, right? Then, then there's no downside to the refinance. So if you want to take advantage of that, there is still some money left in the $2.5 million dollars uh, we're we're getting near the end of that, you know. So at the end of this month, I'm gonna have a tally done to see where we stand. I know we're getting close. Yep. Uh, so there's still time now. You can get in eight five five seven seven three eight six three four. That's the phone number. Uh, loan officers are here, ready to talk to you. Uh, RP funding NMLS number seven zero one six eight. We are a Florida licensed mortgage lender. Eight five five seven seven three eight six three four. Call now. Refinance your home loan, and I will pay all of your closing costs by using money out of my advertising budget uh, so you can save, take advantage of great deals. Now, now there's no obligation to call here. Like, you can call here and, and see if it's right for you, you know, because it, it really depends. You know, I don't know what your interest rate is currently. I don't know what interest rate we'll be able to give you because that all depends on your credit score and your loan-to-value and, and what the bond market's doing at the moment you call. But it doesn't cost you a dime to pick up the phone and give us a call and see if it's going to work for you. You just have to dial 855-773-8634. That's 855-RP-FUNDING, 855-773-8634, or go over to rpfunding.com. That's the website. You can read about us. You can apply online. You can do a lot of great stuff over there, all right, rpfunding.com. So if you're thinking about refinancing, it's not too late. Interest rates have crept up, and they are starting to go higher, but there's still an opportunity right now. And you mix that with the fact that I'm going to pay all of the closing costs out of my advertising budget, and you've got a real recipe for success. So 855-773-8634, that's the phone number, 855-773-8634. Rob, any questions about that? I do have questions because I think there are still people suffering, and we talk about this a lot on the air, but it bears repeating. A lot of people are going to say, Honey, before you pick up that phone and you call RP Funding, shouldn't we write some numbers down on the dining room table and see what would work out for us? Because remember, Daddy and Granddad said we always have to save 2% when we're going for a refi. Well, that was a long time ago, and rates were really different. Now, I, I would say this, this is a true story, Rob. At the Mortgage Bankers Convention last week, right? I was in a, a session about the value of mortgage servicing rights, right? And I went because we have a pretty big servicing portfolio now, yes, sir. and the value of that fluctuates with rates. And one of the speakers said, don't you miss the good old days <laughs> when we had everybody convinced they had to save a full 2%, right? Because th- this this session was all people who own the current mortgages, right? And, and so they're, they lose when you refinance away from them because sure. they don't get to keep making the higher spreads. And so the guy said, don't you miss the days when we had everyone convinced they had to save 2%. He said, in today's market, we'll see people refinance to save a quarter percent or a half percent. Yeah. You know, and, and that's where we are today, you know, because of how low rates are, 
You throw in deals like mine where I'm going to pay all the closing costs on my advertising budget. And it all starts to make sense. You know, and see, in the state of Florida, we have higher closing costs, right? So for me to pay all your closing costs is a much bigger deal where someone in California, uh, they don't have the doc stamps. The title insurance isn't as expensive. They don't have nearly as much in closing costs. So, you know, one of the, the reasons that the Florida loans don't refi as often is because of the higher closing costs we have here in the state. The reason we have higher closing costs in the state of Florida is because we don't have a state income tax. Right. So the way our state gets paid is by charging doc stamps and intangible tax on mortgage transactions, which raises the cost of loans mm-hmm. by thousands of dollars. Now, right now, I'm paying that for you. So that's my nice. problem. It was actually not even my problem. It's the, the TV and radio station's problem. See, <laughs> I'm not really paying this, right? So I'm just, I'm going to have less, less TV and radio commercials and less direct mail this year because I did this. So uh, this $2.5 million, I was going to spend it one way or the other. I was either going to give it to TV stations, radio stations, United States Postal Service, and Google, or now I'm going to give it to Jim and Sarah and Tony and Marcus and Bob and Janie and all the people that are refinancing with RP funding with me paying all the closing costs. So I'm I'm cost neutral in this, mm-hmm. right? My risk is that people don't tell their friends and family and I don't get the word of mouth advertising to replace the traditional advertising. So I'm not going to have a Sunday night football commercial this year, uh, but I am going to have Janie and Bob and, and Judy out telling their friends how great I am. Mm-hmm. And we will see at the close of 2015 whether this experiment was a good one or not. So if you want to be a part of my social experiment, <laughs> if you want to get your piece of my $2.5 million, if you want to refinance a home loan right now, with zero closing costs because I'm paying them all at the mercy of the of the advertising companies. Call us at 855-773-8634. That's 855-773-8634. Rob, give them the phone number. They like it better when you say it. I don't know why, but we prove it week in and week out. Okay, Robert, that's 855-773-8634. 855-773-8634. Eight six three four, And I know during the show and along the way, we mentioned the Home Value Hotline. We mentioned that a lot as we're doing the show. And folks, if you'd like to access with no obligation whatsoever, you can access the Home Value Hotline at 866-222-8231. That's 866-222-8231. The no obligation conversation about what your home is really, really worth. Well, in closing, let me remind you about several ways that Robert Palmer's making it easy to be empowered, easy to stay ahead of the game in finance. One of them, the radio show. Number two, the Robert Palmer Saving Thousands show on iHeart. Just go to iHeart and go to search engine Robert Palmer. Also, the Saving Thousands radio app. That's right. We have our own app. Go to the Play Store, download the Saving Thousands radio app once again absolutely free the saving thousands radio app you can click on that and listen to shows on demand 24 7 it's great and as we've been mentioning throughout the show they're saving thousands.com always that robert palmer is reaching out for absolutely free to give you the information you need it's a great place to work it's a great show to listen to we'll see you next time